Team Talk on 1017 The Team. Four seconds. What a finish. We had a great finish to regulation and another great finish to overtime here. I'm predicting we're going to overtime. Looking for Mash, it's not there. Oh, Dizzy! Gets the Lobos the lead! Beautiful inbound pass. Shaver looks for a bucket. Off the mark! New Mexico wins it! And there you go. We got plenty of Dallas Cowboy and NFL playoff uh, discussion later on in the show. But we got to start. We got to go in chronological order, uh, Sam. And Friday night, 9 o'clock, was everything and more than we could have asked for. Heard there was like 12, 5, maybe 13,000 tickets sold. And the next thing you know, there's 14,500 in the pit. You came over at halftime, and you've been to now quite a few pick games, Sam. You thought the game Friday night was the loudest that you had experienced ever inside that building. Yeah, louder than UNLV in sports. you got to remember, it's not start to finish. It's when the fans in the pit get themselves involved. And at the loudest moments on Friday night, yeah, there, there's nothing touching that from this season. As fun as UNLV was because it was a sellout and we had whiteout night, this was as good as it gets because there's something about when when you want to be the best, you got to beat the best along the way. And nothing against UNLV, but it's San Diego State and it's Boise State. It's what we've been talking about all year, and, and the fans were into it. You bring up that point. I, I got a feeling we're going to get used to that, where the where you know we have a sense of what the number might be for the tickets sold going into a game, but the walk-ups are going to be a big, a much bigger factor than in, than factoring into that in years past. Where you know you think, hey, games a couple hours from now, we got thirteen thousand tickets sold. Next thing you know, it's fourteen plus because of walk-ups. Exactly, and now it can be done, you know, purchased digitally, so it's like you're not going to have those long, long lines outside the ticket office. You still see plenty of people buying tickets like that, but you're absolutely right. I mean, I told you the switch had been uh, flipped. Uh, This was like at the Colorado State game. I I was saying that it was like a a huge stride after the the Iona game, but... Forget about it. You know, like, since Colorado State, every single home game has been uh, terrific. Uh, you know, and the the game against Thor Roberts mixed in there, which was kind of a, a one-off. But but it doesn't matter. I mean, don't, you know, let's not focus on what, uh, you know, the Oral Roberts. I mean, the game on Friday night, not only the enthusiasm from the crowd and the scene in a nationally televised game in the pit, it, it makes me say, Sam, it's really fun to be part of a team uh, that is relevant. Not only relevant, man, they just moved into the top 25, and there's 11 more conference games like starting tonight. So you talk about a non-conference schedule and you know how it might affect them getting an at-large bid and all that kind of stuff. We still got 11 tasty, tasty conference games that are really going to play more of a factor collectively than the win against St. Mary's. I mean, the resume the Lobos are building in the last week and a half with the win at San Diego State and that win against Boise State, man, if if they get one more tonight at Nevada, it's going to give them more and more cushion when that discussion comes up because, 
Let me just tell you, the final 10 days, 10 games will not be a piece of cake in any way, shape, or form. So getting these wins like they got against a really good Boise State team is paying huge, and more importantly, the win against San Diego State. But they're both paying huge dividends. Yeah, get them while you can, because San Diego State's going to come here, and they're not going to be all touchy-feely. You still got to go to Boise, and there's going to be a few layers to that game. So, yeah. You still got to go to Utah State. Of course, you still got to play Utah State twice. You still got to play Air Force twice. I think Utah State... doesn't come to the pit. That that's one of those where the thank I, you, yes. which is kind of a unbalanced bummer. schedule. Yes, but, thank but you. No, I mean uh, Air Force. Uh, you know who's been giving everybody fits is on the schedule two more times, as far as I know. Right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean that's the next home game. But like we'll get to that later. Uh, what New Mexico is doing now is really, really catching the attention of people nationally, and that's why they're in the top 25, Sam. By the way, how about a first time in the pit for our friend Kevin Sweeney from SI? That was his first pit game, and I'm waiting. if you could go back 20 years, you'd be hard-pressed to pick a better one. It, it was perfect timing for him. He had his uh, different games that he was highlighting. I, I know UCLA and Arizona was one of the weekend games five to watch, and uh, I know UCLA, or I mean, Arizona beat him in like a squeaker, but mm-hmm. that game was like in the 50s or something like that. Uh, and then I don't know the other couple of games or whatever, but yeah, Not important. He, no, no, yeah, no um, second guessing himself by coming here. And has that story uh, come out yet? I mean, uh, I, I think he was more doing not just a, a story on that, but he was doing more of a, a collective thing on the 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 the. the the way things have flipped here at New Mexico since only four Division One wins uh, two years back and Richard Patino's story and all that stuff. Yeah, and he had been on the road for a little bit. There was another uh, Pac-12 game that he went to. I think it was an Arizona State game that he went to. He had been on the road traveling to a few different games that he was highlighting, You know, some of those teams. So he was at one game, then went home for a little bit, came back here to the pit. So yeah, it's just a sense of... College basketball out west and how there's there, there's Getting scenes everywhere. Attention. Yeah, there's scenes everywhere to be. It's not SI. just right. Uh, Kevin Sweeney from Sports Illustrated. You know, it's not just Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina boys. All right. Well, um, New Mexico was outstanding. I thought on defense. Um, the the concern that I brought up because Coach Richard Patino mentioned the volume of threes that San Jose State had shot, and I'm like. He said, talked about them shooting, and I'm like, heck, I only think they made four of them. Um, But in the case of Boise State, uh, giving up a lot of threes generally is not good for a team. But because the Lobos contested so well, it wasn't like they were missing like open threes like we kind of saw against San Jose State. Boise State, um, and one of the shots they even made from three was a bank shot that I don't think he called glass on. But for the game, a team that was shooting almost 38% from behind the three-point line uh, is only able to shoot uh, a total of... 21% of 5 of 24, and one of those was a bank Sapo shot, and the other one was that shot that tied the game and sent it in overtime, which was awesome, by the way. I mean, we could say that now that the Lobos kind of topped their inbounds play, but uh, the, the Lobo defense um, and Jalen House. Uh, his defense on Markham, his defense, if you're just looking at it as, hey, he gets this many steals a game, which is in the top 10 in the country and leading the conference or something like that, over three a game, or uh, that that's really just a small, small uh, element of what he brings to the table that's defensively. The 
Yeah, that's the reward, and that's the stat that people can see. But he's doing stuff that will never show up on a stat sheet defensively. I mean, Markham literally needed to have a post player come into the backcourt to relieve pressure on him. You know, midway through the game, he was giving it to somebody else, saying, man, I'm tired of this headache, and I don't think the Lobos have somebody that can harass anybody like the way that Jalen House is. But, uh, you know, between uh, the collective defense they played, the clutch shots that we know Jamal Mashburn Jr. continues to hit to to break the backs of uh, of opponents, uh, and you get yourself a game that's really close, and the Lobos win it at the end. And this is a case now where you have a team that's making up for some of those deficiencies along the way where, you know, last season it was, you know, we need X, Y, and Z. We need to get bigger, faster, stronger recruits, this, that, and the other. And and it was the story of the season. Well, even at times this year, you know, Coach Patino is still talking about Especially in the backcourt, you know, we're not the longest backcourt around. You got some guys that are, you know, a little bit undersized, but the way that they make up for it with the quickness and the tenacity and and everything else and the way that they're playing through that. And then, of course, you got guys, I mean, all five guys that are on the floor at the same time, and they showed it firsthand Friday night, can can guard the perimeter. And you know who uh, is to thank for all that? Head coach Richard Patino and his staff. I'm telling you this, he's not getting enough credit because. He is a difference maker. Everything from the way his team he gets his team to play like that, which is a fun way to watch team play. They can they they really really um, they uh, they reflect the university so well in everything they do on the court. For the most part, it's not going to ever be perfect, but um, they they do the right things on the court uh, and they act the right way. And you know he and Richard Patino and his staff have got to be given a lot of credit for this they they always pass it along to the players uh which is what they should do as coaches but i'm telling you like at the heart of this thing richard patino has been a difference maker um i like the way way he works the referees um i mean he he's he looks very very comfortable on the sidelines as he should i mean he's a guy that coached in a bunch of these games in the big 10 there at minnesota going on the road to iowa going on the road to indiana going on the road to michigan state michigan and all these kind of things uh you would expect that not only that all the years he spent on the sidelines with his dad uh rick patino uh with billy donovan at florida i mean uh if you're a sponge like he is uh, you are going to pick up on that, and he's a really bright guy. And it's just we're seeing, you know, what the uh, the result of that is because man, it's been fun to watch. And we hear going back to what I originally said. We're sitting here late January, and we've got eleven games left, and we're saying let's see how these games factor in the possibility of us getting in a large bid. And that just shows you are are having that kind of year. And the good thing now is it's really starting to even out for the Lobos, where this is another one tonight. You got five teams in the top 35, not the top 50, not the top 100. You got 35 teams in the top 50, or five teams in the top 35. So you're talking about margin for error. You're talking about high profile games. You're talking about continuing to add, you know, the added benefits should you continue to win these games. Yeah, this is not, 
Yeah, and 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 we even said this at the time. You know, this is not November anymore. This is you know next week is is February with five teams in the top thirty-five. This is after a Thanksgiving tournament. And Sam, I don't know how long it's been you know since you followed a a really good basketball program. The thing about college hoops is you get to to enjoy it a lot. I mean, in college football, you got to wait a week in mm-hmm. between games. I mean, here we're getting a game Friday night against Boise at home and a game Monday night tonight against Steve Alford. Craig Neal and Nevada, who's having a, a heck of a year themselves. Um, I'm just telling you, then, and then I'll tell you after we get through this, I'm going to really be looking forward to the Air Force game. And and there's so many more to talk about. Enjoy them while they're here. Okay, don't you know? Don't get ahead of ourselves. Uh, just enjoy each and every game. And uh, I'll tell you, there's plenty to enjoy. All right. Speaking of Rich Patino and how loud the pit was, here's Coach Patino talking about what was going on on Friday night. I'm not just saying this. That was the loudest building I've ever been in. By far, not even close. Our fans were amazing. Um, I felt horrible when we lost to UNLV the way they showed out. Um, and this was just how many places get these fans at 9 o'clock on a Friday night. And I don't know if they were boozed up because they're a little bit late, but more power to them because they were unbelievable. They affected the game. I couldn't hear myself. Um, that was as good of an environment and a loud, as loud of a crowd as I've ever seen. So uh, thank you uh, so much to our fans. Okay, and you know uh, they're, they're showing up for games uh, that have huge importance as well. Uh, not only that, uh, well, here's Coach Richard Patino talking about uh, the importance of a win like that. I told our guys, if you got San Diego State, you erase maybe the Fresno loss. You get this one, you erase, and now you're in great shape. Um, you're, what, 5-2 and two in conference. Um, I believe that's tied for the most in the conference. Boise State was a 20-something Ken Palm. That's a quad one win. Um, so we had to have it. you know. But more than anything, and I truly mean this, we had to have it for our fans. That was, again, I can't stress enough, that was the loudest building I've ever been in. And our fans deserve to walk out of there with a win. To come at 9 o'clock, to leave here probably at about 11.30, you can do special, special things with a fan base like that. And we're going to be able to build for the future with sending recruits, hey, did you watch that game, and sending them these tweets and all the graphics and all those things. They're going to want to be a part of that. Uh, that's why playing here is special. That's why I came here. That's why all these guys came here. And tonight was about as good as I've ever seen. Okay, so Jalen uh, House got in a little bit of foul trouble. Um, a lot of talk about what Donovan Dent did. Uh, and where I really realized it was when Boise was was trying to extend the pressure, and Donovan Dent beat the pressure all by himself. I mean, I was shocked at how comfortable he seemed, like getting past people with his head up, and you know, being harassed by guys a lot older than he was. Um, he and also he made the assist to get the winning basket uh, as well. But but here's Coach Patino on uh, Donovan Dent, um, the way he played all night. Just experience, you know. I, I've said from day one, I think he's one of the best mountain, you know, freshmen in the Mountain West. I really believe it, and I believe he's the point guard of the future. Um, and he just got he's got to stay the course, you know. I mean, he knew what he signed up for when he got here. That we got some really good guards, um, you know, and, and he's going to be a great player as well. And now. We're starting to be able to rely on him defensively. He made some great plays down the stretch at the back. 
basket off of some high ball screens. Um, he did a really, really good job of making it, you know, a key free throw off an and one. Um, so I think he's going to be really good. I think all of our young guys got uh, great potential. And this might be the biggest, most glaring example of, you know, when we talk about the job that Coach Patino's doing and the Lobo basketball team, you know, he continues to emphasize it's not Jalen House versus Isaiah Stevens, it's Lobo's basketball. You have, you know, Donovan Dent comes in as a freshman, Mr. California, but I mean, we got a chance to talk to him before the season, somebody who understands the transition from high school to college, and these three guys, House, Jenkins, and Dent, the way that these three guys talk about each other when they're all really essentially playing for minutes, but the way that these three guys talk about each other and how they play off of each other and help in in practice and get everybody ready for the next game, that's the kind of stuff that that you love to see. Let me tell you, uh, from my vantage point, I have zero, zero, you know, uh, this is just my opinion. Okay, Jalen House had the great game against San Diego State. Uh, They came back against UNLV, and he was not so good. And he was doing things, I think, a little bit outside of what they they need to do. Um, And even though he was able to kind of just take advantage of that against San Diego State, Coach Richard Pitino made it clear to him that this isn't going to be just the Jalen House show every game because you had this unbelievable game against San Diego State, particularly an incredible second half, 21 points. Um and, and against UNLV, it, it wasn't working, but uh, Richard Pitino didn't just roll with it because this guy had had this game and was player of the week in the Mountain West. He sat him on the bench against UNLV for a lot of minutes. And I think that kind of sent a message that this isn't going to be – you're not going to be live. And ever since that UNLV game, he's been really, really good. I mean, you, you, you know, so that's that comes down to the coach – you know, being able to emphasize, hey, I'm going to give you the cre- the freedom to make correct plays, but you you don't have the the freedom to make incorrect plays. So he has like been unbelievable. Uh, I think since then, and um, you know, the team it just you know they're going to play at Nevada tonight. I think they're a three and a half point underdog. Uh, but this team travels; it has all the components to to really play well on the road because I I really think that defensively. Uh, they're way ahead of where anybody thought. He mentioned Donovan Den on defense. Like, I was seeing the pressure that was on the ball uh, throughout, and whether it's Jamal Mashburn getting post up by somebody that's way bigger than them, they just don't seem to really have very many liabilities on defense. And, again, that's a credit to the coaching staff because that's the stuff that's really, really hard to coach. I told you I've gone by practice a couple of times and, you know, peeked in. Coach Richard Pitino is on the court like the whole time. Oh, yeah. I mean, he relies on his, his assistants big time to give him scouts and all this other stuff. But when it's time to hit the court after they've all watched the gazillion hours of film, I mean, Richard is Coach Richard is down there, and man, uh, it's it seems you know I'm, I'm going to say this too: not every good team plays well on the road or even well at home all the time. Uh, so they're going to be re- really have their hands full tonight, but that's what makes it fun is that they're sitting at 18-2, and two, and we know we're going to have a dogfight tonight because it's a conference game, Sam. Oh, say that again for me. Well, I know we're 18-2, and two, but oh. we're in for like... You throw in not only a team in, in Nevada that is... What's their record on the season? It's like really good. I, I've got it right here. Sorry about this, Sam. Uh, so they're overall um, fifteen and five and five and two in conference themselves. Okay, that would be uh, appetizing enough. 
you throw in that the head coach of the team and the associate head coach of the team are former Lobo coaches? Like, how often does that happen in this league? And I know we're going to talk more about this game. We'll do a full preview as you know we're talk- we're recapping the weekend. We'll do a full preview of the sh- of the of the game later on in the show, but. It was it was really the punctuation mark on what was just a, a, a totally enjoyable night at the pit. As you know, we're we're all kind of in the same boat, acknowledging how late it is, and yeah, everybody wants to get home and go to bed, whatever. And he, you know, he's talking about Nevada and the post game coach Patino, and he says, you know, I have a lot of respect for Coach Alford and Noodles. Yeah, oh yeah, no doubt about. It. Hey, real quick before we uh, head to some like. Uh, heavy-duty NFL stuff and the Cowboy loss and all that kind of stuff. So we got to kind of like go back to the final play in regulation. Lobos have a three-point lead. Uh, There's, uh, I think, four and a half seconds to go. And, you know, there's always the debate, you know, with the three-point lead, do you foul or you don't foul? We'll worry about that, uh, you know, at some other point. But I'll tell you what, the execution by Boise State on that final play to get an open three uh, by Dagenhart, who brought the ball in. My brother used to say the most dangerous guys in last-second situations are the guys that are bringing it in because often they're forgotten about. And that was kind of the case. Dagenhart threw it inside to Najee Smith, who, you know, the Lobos instinctively, like, go to help in the post. Well, Najee Smith kicked it right back to Dagenhart, the guy bringing the ball in, and uh, boom, the next thing you know, we're, we're basically going overtime. Here's Coach Richard Patino on Boise's final play. The end of regulation, I wanted a foul, and House talked me out of it. That's how stupid I am um, that I listened to him. And then he screwed up on the switch. Uh, but he was terrific as well. Um, but they made a great play too. They drew up a great play out of a timeout, and, and Degenhardt obviously hit a great three. Is that? I mean, is that entirely true? Jalen talked you out of fouling. Yes, and he's the one that missed the switch. Yeah, yeah, that's Jalen for you. But he also came back and was one of the best players on the court. So, um, but you know, I mean, honestly, half kidding. But you know, we got to do a better job as coaches to okay, if we're not going to foul, to be clean on our switches. And they burnt us, and they did a great job. I mean, they 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 got it. Uh, so I don't. Fouling isn't always the answer. You actually look at the analytics, it would say don't foul. Um, and we were guarding the three-point line very, very well. So he suggested it, and it, I didn't think it was a bad suggestion. If you got your, one of your best players confident, I'm going to roll with them. Um, we just, they, they ran a great play. The, uh, great explanation. Uh, we'll stick with that here for a second before we go to the, the final play and Coach Richard Patino's thoughts on Morris Udeze's game-winning shot. The the whole thing about, you know, you're up three, do you foul, do you not foul, um, y- you hear a lot of different opinions on it, uh, and I'm in the camp that, uh, that Jalen House is, is that you, uh, you just play, you know, good solid defense, somehow they hit like a, an incredible shot to, to tie the game, well, so be it, you got, you know, five more minutes of overtime, the, the things that can happen bad when you are fouling is like you could accidentally foul some, you know, foul somebody, and the ref determines they were in the act of shooting on a three. Uh, you could foul somebody, and they could make it. Uh, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of things that could happen. Here's another thing that could happen. All right, you're up three. Uh, the, you foul somebody. He goes to the line for two shots. He makes the first one, and you know whether it's intentional or not, because he could have. You know, at that point, you still have time to. Like if Boise State would have gotten fouled, the the shooter would have tried to make both free throws. I think, uh, and they would have you know taken their chances with fouling the Lobos right away and seeing how they answered and what is. But uh, 
it, you know, the thing that you, can happen is the guy will make the first three free throw to cut it to two. He he misses the next one. You get a a guy that does his his best Josiah Alec impersonation and get a an offensive rebound off a missed free throw, and you chuck it out and you hit it to a guy that's like the ball's reversed. There's chaos. Boom! A guy hits a three, and now you're instead of worse being going to overtime, you're basically um, like get beat. You know. So anyway, there, there's different things. And uh, Coach Richard Patino talked about the analytics, and it, it kind of goes with not fouling, as he said. All right, then uh, what just basically was the the cherry on top of a great ball game is the Lobos, like, hey, they had their own great inbounds play to win the game. Here's Richard Pitino talking about that inbounds play to win the game. We thought they would really commit a lot of guys to to mash, which they should, because he's really good at that mid-range. And we told Morris, man, if you could slip to the basket, do it. And I thought Donovan made a great play. Yeah, and the the original play, as we heard on the... You got the audio from the final play, right? Yeah, go ahead and play it real quick. Four man. seconds. What a finish. We had a great finish to regulation and another great finish to overtime here. I'm predicting we're going to overtime. Looking for Mash. It's not there. Oh, Desi! It's the Lobos, the lead! Well, he, his prediction that it was going to be double overtime did not come tr- true. Uh, they did look for Mash. The, the patience of Dent bringing the ball in, he did not panic uh, and, like, get tunnel vision. Oh, I'm supposed to throw this to Mashburn or whatever and then throw it and whatever could have happened. Instead, it wasn't there. And then Morris Udeze instinctively dove to that spot there, the block, the great pass that he got it in rhythm. Boom, it goes in, and then the place goes nuts, and we have uh, ourselves quite a Friday night. Okay, we've got quite a show still here to go. We're here until 7 o'clock tonight. When we come back, we're going to get into the NFL uh, playoffs over the weekend and, of course, that Cowboy game. And uh, we've got uh, a bunch of other stuff yet to come. Team Talk, ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team.